0: Welcome to Open Banking Expo Unplugged, bringing you the brightest minds in open banking, open finance
1: and beyond.
0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Open Banking Expo Unplugged in partnership with Experian as we continue our conversation about the move to the cloud. In the first TV episode with Experian, we explored legacy tech and how cloud solutions can play a role overcoming some of those legacy issues. And then in the first podcast episode, moved on to discuss cloud as the great enabler and the need to design user experiences that correspond with rapidly changing customer experiences. For this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Shabana Balasundaram, Director of Global DA at Experian and Ed Heal, Product Director, Software at Experian. Today, we're going to dive a bit deeper into the value of cloud for financial institutions of all sizes, and we're going to hear from Ed and Shabana about some of the use cases. Welcome, both of you, to the podcast. And Ed, by way of an introduction, can you explain your role at Experian and what it involves, please?
2: Sure. Hi, Ali. Uh, uh, Nice to meet you this morning. Um... So I'm a product director for software in the UK uh, for Experian. Uh, that entails uh, looking after the curve suite of products that we sell in the UK uh, across all different client bases from tier one banks through to uh, fintechs, utilities, government. Uh, we sell the software for originations, customer management and collections purposes, uh, making fundamentally or primarily risk based decisions for, uh, for our uh, clients. Um, we've spent uh, probably the last two or three years uh, moving a lot of that uh, tech across to the cloud. Uh, and, and so, yes, uh, to the point of uh, this morning's podcast, it, it's, uh, it's uh, something that's front and centre in our minds uh, about how we maximise the benefits of the uh, cloud for for us and for our clients.
0: Thanks, Ed. Great, great to have you on. And Shabana, what does your role at Experian involve?
1: Hi, Ali, and, and good morning to you. Um, My role at Experian is that of uh, managing product strategy and product, um, taking products to market, which means that we are continuously looking at um, our clients and new markets to scan the horizon for opportunities where we can provide more and more decisioning and data-driven decisioning products to our customers.
0: Right. Brilliant to have you on, Shabana. Uh, so let's let's dive in. Ed, I'm going to come to you uh, with this first question. What are some of the customer specific and operational challenges that cloud can solve for across both large banks and mid-sized firms?
2: Hi, Ali. Yeah, so probably the biggest thing that we've been seeing and we've been talking to our customers about over the last uh, few years is the, uh, I guess, what you covered a bit, a bit in your first podcast around legacy and moving away from uh, legacy-based ways of doing software. Uh, the the modern-day uh, problems that we have through uh, security and data security in particular, making sure that uh, applications remain up-to-date, secure, and that we can uh, ensure compliance with things like GDPR uh, rules and regulations that, that we have in the UK, um, really brings data security to the forefront of, uh, of most clients' minds. Uh, legacy software, as we all know and we've seen over the last uh, decades, um, is is cumbersome and slow to change. Uh, and to keep it update, updated uh, can become a real headache and a, and a really big uh, overhead for organizations. As you move on to the cloud, one of the biggest benefits for the cloud from the cloud is that is that we can keep that updated, regularly updated, small minor updates. Uh, a, a service that is uh, offerable by us and and you know all, all the kind of software suppliers in the market uh, to really really keep on top of data security and keep on top of uh, versioning of software. That means that that people really fundamentally don't have to worry about it, it anymore, um, and they can really take that off the uh, off the worry list.
1: Yeah, and Ed, um, I absolutely agree with your perspective there and and the observations you made. Um, so to put that into context, um, um, one of our large North American uh, bank clients, which deal with consumer-based decisions for uh, their large uh, retail portfolio, now their challenges are some of the points that you just raised which is around security and version management and so on right so so there are the challenges we solve for them are how do they become uh you know con- how do how are they able to consolidate those number of versions of our, our traditional legacy software within their portfolio and how do we simplify that using a cloud-based decisioning for them right that's a specific problem and value driver which we are able to provide and help them with the other point is very, very precisely and very aptly brought about by you, which was about the security. So, so again, similarly, there are um, clients, for example, in uh, EMEA that are, for example, constantly uh, looking at security upgrades and making sure that the software they are providing to their end consumers is secure, uh, compliant, and so on. So, they want to be very much on top of the vulnerability fixes, the hot fixes, the security patches, and so on, and and they want to be at the forefront. So these are some of the challenges we are able to solve for our clients using the cloud.
2: Yeah, we've, we've got we've got big banks in the UK going through exactly the same transformation you outlined there. Uh, we are um, we're seeing banks who have multiple platforms uh, where you have different versions across different uh, instances. Uh, That's problem number one. Uh, Problem number two is that none of those instances are are currently up to date. Uh, And it just creates a a huge overhead that that we can now get rid of uh, for those customers.
1: And if I add one more, um, just you brought something up as I was thinking so another spanish bank which is again a retail bank what we realized is as they have multi country operations and they have a large decisioning portfolio to manage with not to mention those multiple versions they also have the need to collaborate among those different versions right so they have to, different countries need to speak to each other within the same business and and all of that is was siloed and very um, you know disconnected i think in the on prem world and now that's shifting with with the cloud and staying
0: with you, Shabana, we know that financial services companies have been using cloud software to improve that client onboarding process. But cloud is obviously hugely agile and, and adaptable. So how can cloud create more dynamic journeys for different customer groups?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's a very, very um pertinent question as our clients are are going through as well. Now, if you if you think about um, collections as a use case, in the past it was um, let's say very contact center driven, it was very manual and so on. And now, with the shift to the cloud, um, those those experiences are shifting to be more automated, personalized, and so on. And and for the to put it into context, it means that where um, the software, the cloud based software. With the use of data and analytics, is now able to offer recommendations and assistance through, uh, let's say, mobile phones or chatbots and so on. So that that experience of of uh, having to manage debt and you no know, manage not going into collections is becoming more um, user friendly, personalized, and at the same time very um, uh, you know contextual and and quick. Right. So that's a big shift in the uh, user experience, if you like, digital experiences, consumer experience. And if I were to add uh, one more, for example, we um, are working with a number of, uh, you know, those um, very um, fast-moving technology-based, you know, um, financial service providers, which are looking at, again, how to use data and analytics to provide contextual um, upsell offers for customers of loans or credit cards, um, for example, in EMEA. Now, they are asking, how do I make sure that when that our consumer has made an overspend on their credit limit. How can I step in and immediately offer a credit limit increase in the moment? So I've I've captured that opportunity to react to that market need and consumer need rather than leaving that uh, for later. And, and that in turn also increases the consumer experience. So that's a win-win, really.
2: I've got an example of, of how we've done that in the UK as well. So um, open banking based affordability, obviously key on everyone's uh, minds these days. Uh, The ability to do an open banking based uh, journey to assess somebody's affordability gives you a real good insight into how much uh, affordability they have. We've been able, using cloud technology, uh, to be able to uh, integrate to open banking uh, providers. Uh, Fortunately, Experian is an open banking provider. Uh, We can connect that, create that link, make it available through the cloud. We can now uh, apply that link to any of our cloud based uh, services. So develop it once and we can actually roll it out across all of our cloud users uh, as and when they want to adopt that journey. So really simple example of how cloud technology really enables us to digitise the kind of journey that, that Shabana just outlined.
0: Great to hear. And, and just moving the, the conversation on slightly, I mean, whatever the size of the company and, and the amount they have to commit to shifting to the cloud, they'll obviously need to know what their return on investment is. So. How can they work out the economic value of cloud software in order to build a business case, Ed?
2: Yeah, so we've been working with uh, lots of clients over the last couple of years and helping them uh, to justify the move to the cloud. We've got some fairly good insight into the return on investment. Um, The the models kind of typically break into two uh, aspects. One is the cost reduction. So how much can you uh, save over the lifetime uh, and total cost of ownership of the of the software? Um, if you're not doing regular updates and upgrades uh, and fairly transformational ones over the life of a contract, uh, you, you make a clear saving. That can be part of the service that's provided to you as a cloud-based service. Uh, it saves an awful lot of money from customers uh, owning software that otherwise would have to go through major updates. I think um, if you then look at the, at the flip side of that, the benefits side, personalization of the journey becomes increasingly possible. Uh, injection of both data and analytics insight into any uh, part of that journey uh, is now uh, increasingly possible. Uh, you can inject things like uh, cross-sell and upsell uh, interventions through an originations journey. You can use the data and the analytics to drive the segmentation and insight into um, not just the uh the ability for a customer to to be upsold but also their propensity and their likelihood to, to accept the, the upsell journey uh, and you can literally interrupt that journey and stream it through a different set of steps in the customer journey uh to to undertake a cross-sell upsell conversation with the consumer all done digitally uh all at low cost to the uh to the to the client to the provider uh, but actually if you can um, make a few percentage point uplifts in your uh in your onboarding journey and uh, and your cross-sell upsell stats uh, improve actually it, it generates an awful lot of benefit so you you you've kind of got these two angles on any of the roi models how much money will you save from the from the cloud uh but equally how much more money can you make in terms of the uh, the benefits to the consumer uh, and or business on the receiving end of the new journey
1: absolutely ed and and it. What you said brought a few points to me, right? In in terms of uh, actual client interactions I've had. Now, if you think about the traditional uh, way of uh, selling software, it has uh, it was always been around license and support fee and so on. Now, with the SaaS based model, now it's going to become like you know uh, all in one. It's more simplified licensing model and so on, which means that we are helping clients move and realize the ROI. Which is shifting from, you know, the number of teams I need, the number of software infrastructures I need to buy, licenses I need to buy, and how many support teams and upgrade teams and testing teams I need to have. That was my cost structure and that was my setup. Uh, For example, some of our clients, I should say, if I am speaking on their behalf, that was the kind of structure of thinking, cost structure they were thinking about in the past. And now that's all shifting to, I don't need so many teams and I don't need separate license software licenses to manage all of those things. And I, I just deal with one um, software as a service pricing and and licensing, and that's also a big shift in the um the whole pricing and the consu- consumption model business model for businesses, which is hugely simplified and and removes those overheads um, to start with right and that allows businesses to start quickly and and without having to go through a twelve month long procurement cycle and so on. So it's becoming very um, quick to turn on and 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 clients love that. I, I can see that. Um, and again, those points you brought up about security version upgrades, um, and the value of digital experiences and dynamic experiences are absolutely um, examples I've seen from from that clients have told us that, hey, yes, I'm able to now bring machine learning-based risk scores in my decisioning because it's all integrated in the cloud. Uh, and I didn't have to stand up a, an 8% data science team for three months or 12 months to to bring that journey, right to realize that value. Now, that's all, again, because of the shift to the cloud. So As you were saying, um, these are practical dimensions of uh, proving ROI, the cost, the value, the digital experiences and simplification and and removing of overheads, if you like.
0: And Shabana, staying with you, um, can you give us some examples of use cases and uh, more specifically how use of, of cloud differs regionally?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, in my global role, I, I have the opportunity to interact with decisioning clients and and financial services across the globe, and that enables me to see that difference as well as the the overlap of those use cases, if you like, across the globe. Now, some regions, again, there are differences of of use cases based on number of parameters. Now, some regions, for example, are focused on use cases like originations or collections and so on, and there's a concentration of the type of decisions they want to make, right? For example, it might be more collections in certain um, uh, regions like in in Australia or ANZ and so on, Australia, New Zealand kind of regions, but whereas it might be more originations uh, type decisions in APAC and emerging markets, so there are different types of dynamics, and especially because of the COVID and the pandemic, so organizations have had to think about the different use cases they need to, um, you know, serve. For example, then again, if you think about verticals and industries, differences between the regions, um, there is a huge uh, explosion and and growth of telcos and auto automotive loans and so on, which is more prevalent again. In I've seen in Spanish Latin areas or um, EMIA and UK again even, uh, whereas in APAC there are probably more um, transport and utilities and more uh, traditional financial services which want to provide quick standalone decisions or originations decisions for their clients. So there are different dimensions again. Um, and the last one I will say before I, I close again is um, the use cases again differ based on the complexity, right? So are they looking after, Are they? Go, are the clients wanting a simple pre-configured use case which is built on originations or are they going um, after a complex configurable self-serve customer management type use case and that again depends and varies depending on the region because for example I think it might also bring this up that UK is probably there's a lot of originations need and the market at the moment, whereas in um, countries like uh, North America, Brazil, there's a lot of growth of customer management and in-life management of customers, again, depending on the on the on where the banks are and where the market is. So there's a huge variety um, and there's a big, I think, uh, um, diversity in the use cases in terms of how our clients are using it.
2: Yeah, de- definitely agree. Definitely agree. It's right the way across the... Uh the spectrum of clients and across the, uh, customer life cycle. Um, we've seen a lot of, uh, activity in fintechs in the, in the UK. Um, but equally I'd throw into there the, some of the utilities challenger companies that have, have been prevalent over the last few years, uh, struggling a little bit, uh, as we know in, in recent days, but, uh, just an example of, of new, uh, providers coming into the marketplace. Uh, able to adopt these kind of technologies. Cloud-based means they have a low barrier to entry. Uh, they can get into uh, being able to use some fairly sophisticated decisioning uh, products at a reasonably uh, uh, reasonably uh, affordable cost, uh, which is something that they could never do before. The, the advantages that the tier ones uh, in all sectors have had over the years is the deep pockets to be able to uh, create such personalized decisioning environments. Uh, that's no longer the case. That it doesn't require uh, such a great uh, or such deep pockets to be able to to, to adopt these technologies today. Um, we uh, we have both, uh, as Shibana outlined, we have pre-configured solutions uh, readily available on the cloud that that frankly can be set up in days now, rather than. The weeks or months, or possibly uh, even in in days gone by, even it could take a year or two to set up a a fully bespoke platform. Uh, It's a very, very different environment now.
0: Well, we've talked a bit about there about sort of why firms would want a cloud offering. I think. You've, you know, explained that really well. So let's talk about sort of the competitive advantage of cloud. And I want to put this question to both of you, um, starting with with you, Ed. Which financial firms are well placed to embrace the shift to cloud, and which ones stand to get sort of left behind, as it were?
2: Yeah. Well, I think I think uh, building on what I was just uh, just outlining there, we're seeing increasing adoption from uh, mid to smaller tier players. Uh, Some of the companies who are new to market, uh, very, very uh, ambitious in their growth plans and their ability to um, fundamentally challenge and and, uh, build their own market share in whatever it is, in terms of uh, whether it's financial services and the fintechs or whether it's uh, even in uh, utilities and also uh, retail finance. So we're we're seeing increasing um, competition. Uh, within all of the, these marketplaces and these new entrants are now able to afford this this level of sophistication and decisioning technology. So uh, they can digitize the journey. Uh, they can uh, keep their own cost bases low in terms of the uh, people required to, uh, to actually uh, engage with the consumers or businesses that they're targeting. Uh, and they can be very, very personalized in their uh, adoption of data and analytics. Uh, to make the right decisions uh, at a price point that they couldn't previously do it so it, we really are enabling a, a lot of uh, competition across a lot of vertical markets and it's probably the the smaller players that are more agile who are, are able to adopt the technologies faster
1: i like what you said ed i i think they are um fantastic observations of the market you know the trends and the the dynamics there and and if I were to add one on what you said, I've also noticed that um, uh, even traditional banks, which may have been embedded and sort of rooted in traditional architectures, are are also responding to that market need, as you were saying about uh, dynamic and digital experiences, which are personalised and in the moment. So, which means that they have to think about um, shifting to the cloud and 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 taking advantage of those cloud based services. And the way they are responding to that, I've seen, is that, for example, um, a couple of our clients, one in uh, APEC, another in EMEA, they are thinking about how to shift a part of their new businesses to the cloud, which means a fully digital first arm of the bank or the financial service. For example, if they are traditional players in consumer lending, they are thinking about um, SME loans that they want to launch in the market and they want to now launch starting with the cloud so they have that um, you know that um, advantage of uh, you know the debt that they don't have to carry and the transition they have to make and so on now that is how traditional banks are responding so that they can um, move quickly and and take advantage of the cloud and if you think about some of the very large players again I, again i speak on the other end of the spectrum if you see either in EMEA or north america the way they are sometimes responding to the cloud-based shift shifts is they are investing in their own uh, infrastructures, which are cloud-based. For example, they might be thinking about their private cloud architectures, on which are fully built on big data and uh, uh, analytic data lakes, so that they have the data there and they have the ability to process um, those kind of um, services within their own infrastructures, with giving them the control and the configurability. So that's a mix of how. Clients are embracing and shifting to the cloud, but definitely the move is on I think uh, clients are that are actively involved in thinking about uh, making those changes to both their consumer experiences as well as the way they deliver businesses are uh, definitely embracing cloud faster than the others
2: Def- definitely echo that I think uh, we've seen quite a few instances of uh, tier one organizations again both utilities and banks in the UK who in terms of um, adopting uh cloud technology have actually created effectively new businesses within their own corporate infrastructures uh and organizational structures and and created dedicated teams to to be digital first uh and they go straight to cloud and they're they're almost competing uh, even internally and taking business away from uh from their own uh you know other traditional arms uh, but you know the 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 consumers coming through today, particularly the uh, the younger generations that come through today, only know digital. They are, they are digital natives. So the expectation is there, and is only going to go in one direction.
1: Absolutely, uh,
2: digital is not going away. Uh, that that's that's going to become the only way of doing business in a very very short space of time.
1: Absolutely, I, I mean, long gone the days when I queued up in the bank to deposit a cheque. I can imagine what you're saying. <laughs> so it's definitely not going back
2: not even sure if I've got a bank branch anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about it.
0: (laughs) Well, um, on that note, Ed and Shabana, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, I don't think anyone can deny that it's a really exciting time for cloud and and for the industry more widely. So great to hear from you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. To watch back the Experian Open Banking Expo TV episode, then go to the on-demand section of openbankingexpo.com where you'll also find the last Experian episode of the podcast, cloud is a great enabler. Until next time, goodbye for now.